JV to the pros. I'm Jack Vecchio, season two, episode 17. Oh yeah, we've got a great show planned today. Um, we've got my buddy, my partner in crime, my partner on the show, Corey Ramsey. I didn't do any crimes. Don't listen to him. I wasn't there. Not guilty. Not guilty. You, how do you believe? Yes. 100% and not guilty. I wasn't there. And All right. we have our technical genius. Paco, the last man standing. Always. Paco. Yes, right. Our technical genius. And we have our co-producer on the show. Going to be handling a segment all to herself. And we're going to try to keep up with her. Karen. New York Karen is right here. Karen. Hey. Hey. Karen. 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 <laughs> We're doing the wave. We're doing the wave. <laughs> We're doing the wave. They can't. They can't see us. And so, JV to the pros, news, views, and oddities. Now, well, I say. We, well, before we get to that, we should uh, let everyone know that Robin with the Y, she just took another humongous order. For mask, so she is all the way in her nest creating masks like crazy for people. Doing God's work. Doing God's work. <laughs> Doing God's work. Um, before we get on with our regular agenda on the show, I wanted to point out that our sponsor, SoCal Hempco, has been letting us know they've been getting a lot of inquiries and they've been getting some orders based on listeners to our show. I'm very excited about that. And um, we're going to bring you up to speed and stuff like that. But that is that is actually um, a product. I'm not a smoker, but I'll tell you what. You could have fooled that me. stuff. Well, your voice. <laughs> <laughs> not a midnight toker either. <laughs> but I am a joker. And um, But I'll tell you what. The products at SoCal Hemco, and we're not doing a commercial for it right now, but we got one coming up later in the show. But I, I have actually used the cream when my muscles have been sore or like I've been, I've been doing some like long distance biking and um, yeah, my hips and shoulders and stuff get real tight because you know, I'm doing like 40, 45 miles at a time. And that stuff, that stuff that they've got, that cream is unbelievable for keeping your body from getting sore. And apparently I'm not the only one that feels that way. So a little extra shout out to SoCal Hemco for all their good products. And I suggest People go on and see what they've got and use the uh, promo code JV to the pros when you're placing your order because you will get a discount. Compliments of us. Okay, so Corey, let's talk about some crazy stuff this week. And this would fall into news and views and I think oddities. <laughs> Definitely um, oddities. What do you so what do you what do you guys have out there? Who wants you know to know what? I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the most traveled path this week oh no which oh. had to be the biggest news story head scratcher was this statement on friday by the guy who occupies 1600 pennsylvania avenue who inadvertently during a press conference mentioned he thought it would be a good idea to flush out lungs with lysol products that kill germs and then infiltrate light into the lungs by using infrared or ultraviolet to see if that kills the coronavirus, which sparked an immediate emergency meeting 
of the owners of the Lysol company, which is a company out of England, and they called an emergency meeting of the board of directors, and they had to put out an, an immediate press release explaining that Lysol products are not to be internalized in the human body. They're only meant for hard services, but this, in an election year, had to be one of the biggest mistakes any president has ever made when he wants to be reelected by telling people this is an idea. Why don't we try this? Okay, so here's the thing with that, and I can appreciate because you're a Trump hater, so we know that. I'm, so, not, I'm disappointed. I'm not a hater. I'm okay. disappointed in him. Right. Yes. Well, you're always disappointed in him. So the thing <laughs> is, did he phrase it in the form? Now, let me let me be really clear. To even put it in the form of a question is not good. So let me start there. Let me say that. Now, pushing that aside, did he phrase it in the form of a question? Because my understanding was he said, would something like this work? Do I have that right? Okay. He did, in fact, say it as a question, but he said it in a question in which he turned to his right, in which two medical experts were sitting there. Neither one is Dr. Fauci, by the way. And he asked each of them if this is possible. And each of them, rather than embarrass the president of the United States at a press conference, nodded their head yes, confirming it is something they would look into and see if it could work. And then he asked the other one, woman who was sitting there if that's possible. And she nodded her head yes also and said, we'll have to see about it. Then Trump, feeling validated, turned to the media and said, it might work. It might not. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, I know a lot of, you know, and and that kind of okay. makes people, that, that okay. kind of I insinuates that. that he knows okay. something. I, I get all that. But at what point do people need to take responsibility for themselves? At what point are people actually going to use the brain that was given to them and realize that, okay, Lysol will hurt you. Well, here's the yeah. thing. I mean, First we're going to blame that. I mean, we're going to blame that on the president of the United States because they don't like him. I mean, give me a break. Is that comment any different than, let's say, if you have somebody in the office and they've worked very hard? Let's say that they have messed up all of their work or their computer ate all their work and they say, oh, God, just shoot me. Does that mean you go get a gun and shoot them? Here's the thing. If you work at ABC or Acme Incorporated and you're in your cubicle and you say it, that's one thing. Yes. If you're the president of the United States, possibly the most powerful man on the planet, yes. and you make a comment like that, which is validated by medical experts sitting to your right at a press conference. Okay. First of all, we all know the ramifications of, of the president of the United States insinuating that disinfectant in the lungs could kill this virus. That's the first thing. The second thing is at least two people immediately tried it and died in Maryland. Immediately, right after that press conference. The other thing is, Corey, is he held that press conference on Friday. I have to believe everybody came a-calling 
with a WTF is wrong with you because he didn't give a press conference on Saturday or Sunday. Okay, which but here's the thing. He has given I blame. Okay, but you know what? The media needs to be to blame for this. Not Trump, yes, for saying that, but also the responsibility of the media to report it properly. If you know that people are that ridiculous to do that, then maybe you shouldn't report it. You shouldn't report that out. Um, and then what the hell? And then what the hell are the medical people there doing, nodding their heads when they know exactly. the president is saying something that's ridiculous? Well, so I mean, a, Corey, it's just we've, got a we've got a president, and anyone that disagrees with him, he tends to fire. If you disagree with him publicly and embarrass him because he's got such thin skin you get fired that's the truth so rather than get fired they said well we'll look into it it's possible when they know it's impossible okay got it so then so they're cowards i get it so in your view in your uh, if i play on your side of the street the president's an idiot and the other people are cowards i got it and I think that's where he's most comfortable is I think he's most comfortable with people that cower to him. Okay. So he hires yes men and cowards. Fauci is not that guy. And I don't think he likes Fauci particularly because Fauci likes to deal with facts and science and Trump likes to deal with fantasy and imagination. The president of the United States gave Mike Pence the position of being the head of the coronavirus task force he gave him this position even though he's not qualified because he doesn't know anything about medicine or science now mike pence toured the mayo clinic today as we we do this show he toured the mayo clinic a couple hours before we did the show and claimed that he did not need to wear a mask even though it was mandated by the Mayo Clinic, he didn't need to wear a mask because, quote, he's tested regularly and he doesn't need to wear a mask because everyone around him is tested regularly. Now, when asked why he would need to be tested regularly when those tests can be used on other Americans that are wondering if they have the coronavirus, he said, well, I'm tested regularly, so I don't have to wear a mask. Everyone in that tour had a mask on except Mike Pence because he refused to wear a mask where he's supposed to be leading by example. And instead of leading by example, he's leading like the butt end of the horse. Now, tell me I don't have a reason to question our leadership in this situation and question this administration in the way they're mishandling this. You get no argument from me on what you just said on that. I mean, that's ridiculous. They shouldn't have let him in the door. Well, I don't know why he would choose to put someone in charge of this who has no knowledge of it, no background, and no qualifications other than the fact that he's a yes man running mate for Trump and he'll say yes to anything because he was about to be fired in Indiana and now he's a vice president, a heartbeat away from being the president. So let me ask this question. This is a broad question for everybody. Let me ask all of you, what do you depend on your president for in your personal life? Don't give me a broad, don't give me a broad thing. Tell me.
tell me, you personally, what do you depend on your president to do for you? In okay. Life? I depend but on let my me, president. Uh, let, let me ask Paco this first. So let me start out with okay. <laughs> I depend on the president of the United States in order to provide security for me. Because that is his position as the executive. Everything else, that leads to the legislative. You know the rest. So that is what I depend him on. He's not setting a good example by doing this. And unfortunately, there have been times when our when past administrations have made foul-ups with little clips like this. However, the fact that even though the media sensationalized this to a, uh, to a lethal degree, the, the fact is people are going to listen to this because there are some people out there who believe every single word of his is, uh, well, scripture in a certain sense of the word. This is why he didn't have a... a uh, a briefing during the weekend because he was probably getting an earful from all of his buddies telling him why the hell are you saying this if we depend on you in November then you know you look like the fool I depend on my president to represent us as a nation I depend on him to be dignified intelligent represent us well I depend on him not to put out false information. I depend on him to make the right decisions to protect this country. I depend on him to not be foolhardy or or have a horse in the race when we make investments as a country. All of these areas I just mentioned, he has failed. Think about it. He was supposed to go into office and set up a blind trust. Didn't do it. We asked him to behave himself. He didn't do it. We asked him to not say stupid things. He won't do that. I mean, and when he makes a comment like this, everyone, both sides of the aisle, blue and blue and red, all agree, holy crap, what did he just say? Corey, now what do you depend on him for? Like Paco, I depend on him to maintain security, to do the best he can when it comes to foreign diplomacy, to do the best he can when it comes to handling our budget, which is a train wreck. But as far as being foolhardy, all presidents screw up. All presidents say ridiculous things. We've had presidents that have backed murderers. And we and the press hasn't done anything about it. We had Obama to come out and say about um, one of the um, blacks that was uh, shot. And his name escapes me right now. I apologize. One of the blacks that was uh, shot. And Obama came out and spoke before he had all of the facts. Hell, we had Nixon years ago say um, that Manson was guilty before the trial. That's true. So, I mean, we have presidents that do and say ridiculous things all over the place. And they make mistakes. They have affairs. So, my thing is, be an individual... Manage your life. I leave it there. Okay. You know what? We'll put a little bow on it, a little bow on it, one that could be unwrapped in future weeks, and we'll move on to our next topic. And our next topic, I think we're gonna we're gonna give the lead to Paco. Paco, you wanna run with it? We're gonna talk about our beaches. Yeah, so let's hit the beaches, guys, before I take some flack here. As many of you know, in California, uh, there, were some, uh, there were some counties that were completely bereft of people, while others were completely packed. Now, Jack, we spoke earlier, and you were basically describing how, actually, you were driving with your motorcycle with your wife, and you went through, uh, Huntington, you went through Newport Beach, and it was, uh, you know, it was just like business as usual, right? 
Yeah, you would never know there was a problem. There were some beaches that were closed. The one thing they did do was they closed the parking lots, but some beaches were open and you would have no idea about social distancing. People's towels were inches from each other. And the beach, we took a video of the beach and it was packed. You would think, honestly, it was last summer. Well, I'll put it this way. You said that this was Newport Beach, right? Newport Beach, yes. Right, so Orange County. So in the order, the article that I pulled up, L.A. County was completely dead. People were adhering to social distancing. Orange County was the exact opposite. And I would, I, I would don't want to politicize it, but the fact is that these are the same places that people were protesting last weekend. So, I mean, clearly that shows what the voter base is at. And also, it clearly shows that individuals don't make the right decision. Well, and a- that's why you can't blame it on whoever is in office. If you're an individual, do the right thing. Well, here's the, here's the other thing. I'm gonna, I think you guys are going to find it interesting. Last week when we did the show, I took a shot at the governor of Georgia who had just claimed that he just found out you could have the coronavirus and not have symptoms. He claimed he found out 24 hours before a news conference last week. And I made fun of that. Now, he was also the first state to open up without doing it in stages or, or cracking the door open slowly. He just opened up for business, restaurants, everything. And to the credit of the people in Georgia, and I mean, nobody there has ever won a spelling bee or killed it on the SATs or IQ scores. But I mean, I've always made fun of, of the lack of intelligence in Georgia. But the people in Georgia, to their credit, did not go out in masses. They knew something is still wrong and still stayed home. People did not run out to restaurants. People did not run out to gather. And the governor was actually encouraging this wrongfully. And and risk, and it was a very big risk he took because it could have put him right back to square one. Yeah. And people took it upon themselves to not listen to his advice, which was was just misguided. Now, let me chime in here, guys. Now, something that occurred to me that they were doing in European countries, I think that could be applicable here. So that way, you know, just because of a lot of rotten apples do not ruin the, the, the whole fun for everyone. Now, Corey, you always stress about personal responsibility and having discipline, right? Yes. So what if we did this? Now, they were. Uh, what if we had, and some people were thinking of it as being restrictive, but I think this is a way to do it. But if they were test, if we had proper testing, what they could have done is they would have had waivers or little, pay- or they would have had uh, documentation saying, "I'm free and clear." That way, that they would be allowed to participate and be outside without the threat of people being. Uh, let, the- let me let me let me point something out to you that another statement made by somebody who suggested disinfectants in the lungs made and said, now everyone that wants to be tested can be tested. Jack, you're using At the that same point, that was a month hang on, ago. the governors across the country immediately spoke up and said nobody in any state has enough testing to even test 2% of the population in that state. Okay. So to say anyone can get tested is once again misleading because the governors are saying 
We don't have enough tests to test 2% of our population. And by the way, 2% is the high watermark. Most states are just over 1% is all they can test. That's all the tests that are available. And then you got a vice president being tested regularly, wasting tests. I'm confused as to what your question was, Paco. My question was, why don't they just make them sign, uh, what if they had waivers or documents that said that they're healthy, that way they can let them go out and, and go to the beach? That but, what that, but what does that do for a family? How would that children how would they that know? get affected? People, people have the virus and have no signs. They don't know they have it. It was just an idea I was throwing out there, guys. And people are going to lie about it and say, yeah, and, I don't have that, it. Yeah, I, went, I, I wouldn't trust that it. System, that system and that suggestion is is absolutely un, unreasonable because people have it and don't know they have it because they're showing no signs they're carriers and they're and they're just delivering it to people that are innocent victims mm -hmm. so i i'm glad you weren't at any press conferences on friday <laughs> 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 I love giving him a hard time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think a waiver would go over very well. Right? No, no, because people would but, sign it not knowing. But do you guys actually think it's a good idea to open the beaches like this and give the opportunities for the fishermen, this the surfers, the the people that actually exercise in the water? You know, you're not even allowed to take your boat out. So if you're a fisherman, why not? You're, so, not, you're six feet away from them. So why are the boaters restricted as well? I think they can let up a, a little bit. So to answer your question, Karen, they had that in Coronado for a while. And they had a sign up. If anybody messes up, they're going to close the beach down. So what do you think happened on Thursday? And then on Friday, they shut the beach down. Because we did have surfers, we had people surfing, we were running on the beach, we were doing all sorts of things, but somebody had to screw it up. Right. And there was There's a whole group. One person. Yes. Well, to tell you the truth, there was an actual tackle game of football going on on the Coronado Peninsula, a tackle game of football six on six. Well, and, I mean, I don't know how they thought that was social distancing. I mean, unless you play for the Patriots, that's not. <laughs> But, you know, Baco, I understand what your heart is in, in figuring out some way to clear people to go. But the only way to do that is simply to test everyone. And you can't have anyone in a position of leadership, no names mentioned, telling people everyone can be tested when they can't. And if they can't, we don't have clearance. And governors of Georgia should not be telling anybody, yeah. It's a free-for-all. Everything's back to normal. Let's get back to work. But I'll tell you what. I understand economically why that governor is doing that because he's got a massive unemployment situation that has tripled in the, in the wake of this. And he's desperate to get some economic growth going. But he's going to lose a lot of people who are already unemployed, got nothing to do, and they're going to start gathering. And that virus is going to spread fast again. So in the interest of versatility and diversity and moving on from things, can we establish that politicians lie? Can we establish that? Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Politicians yeah. lie? Okay. 
So then maybe we should stop taking everything that they say at, uh, at face value. At least that's what I do. I assume I assume that at times politicians are going to be lying. I, I, They're not going to tell us how bad it is. They're not going to tell us how good it is. In this situation where things are desperate and, and lives are at stake like never before in the history of the planet, we can't be really? BSed. We can't be BSed. We've got, we've got, now let me put it so, in perspective. So when we knew, so when we knew that the Japanese were going to strike at Pearl Harbor and Roosevelt moved a lot of the aircraft carriers out of Pearl Harbor, would you say that was, um, that was something that maybe he shouldn't have done or maybe it's something that he should have done? Oh my gosh. Massive bad chess move so i guess what i'm saying is is that we've seen this before in our presidential history so it's like everything that this man does is like blown up and magnified when we've seen it throughout history i can cite examples of every president that has done things and have said stupid things presidents that fall asleep at press conferences so i mean at some point i just get tired of the press pushing on this pushing on this because what happens is you reach the one percenters that are really dumb that will go out and open their mouth and spray Lysol in it. Well, here's the, here's the other thing. And this is, this is kind of part of the downside of this guy is that he lacks humility to the point where According to him, he hasn't been wrong in four years. Okay, well, that's a different argument, and that's ridiculous. So who cares what he says? My thing is, you're just stuck on what the man says. And I get it. You don't like him. But I, I lose zero sleep over what he says. Zero. Okay, I make up for you. <laughs> so good luck with that, Karen. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? I don't even watch the news anymore. Because he's right. I, I, I get my information the right way. I read go. about it and I pick and choose who I read because yeah. that's where the information is. They don't they, they don't cut things out. There you go. And they don't piecemeal speeches. So yep. that's where I get my information. He can stress out all he wants. You know what? This ticker will go before mine because I'm not stressed. There you go. She thinks I'm gonna get a heart attack. She doesn't understand. I'm New York, I'm Italian. I don't get heart attacks. I give them. Yeah. Here's the other thing. You know, you and I used to enjoy football, Corey. Yes. Right. She, she she watches me watch the news, and it's like, I'm watching a football game. No! That's not yell at the TV. <laughs> All right. And I, and, I wear, and I wear these ear things, like earphones in my ear. Oh, it's so loud. Yes. See? I see it. And That's I do that stuff. while he's watching television, too. Paco, as far as the uh, beaches and stuff, are, do you think that the uh, government's doing the right thing by at least trying different outlets right now? So, in regards to practicing these things, I am all for it. They have to keep, the, they have to have some semblance of reality back, but also people have to get outside and appreciate the sun once in a while, too. You can't be bottled up and everything, because what happens when you keep animals in confinement? They don't function properly. And we are animals in a, in a, in a, by our nature. So this is why we have to do these things, but we have to put restrictions on, on them. Now, there's a reason. They're not telling people they can't go outside. They're telling people they can't gather in groups 
because that's how this virus spreads. But some people, you know for a fact, are so terrified to step outside because they think they might contract this thing. Exactly. Historical examples. An old couple back in September, in the wake of 9-11, they sealed their house in plastic and suffocated from asphyxiation because they were so terrified of chemical attacks for, that never happened. The now, that might sound crazy, but I'll tell you what. My cousin had a gun shop back then, and he couldn't sell enough gas masks. And he stopped selling them because people had to realize you can only wear them so long. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. So, on that note, uh, yeah, I think people are, are being misled. We'll go to a commercial. We'll hear from Barnon, And then we're going to come back with a little bit of the truth is alien. Corey, tell me you got your engine fired up, man. We're going your way. Oh, I've got conspiracy theory. Get your tin hats on. Get them on. <laughs> okay. JV and the pros will be back in a couple of minutes after this word from Bar None. So I was checking into barnone1.com and seeing all that they offer. Bar None, the number one.com. They have certified and qualified professional bartenders and servers that make party guests feel like they're living the high life. Bar None can be contacted at 619-952-9414 and that will be the first step to getting your event on track. Bar None will help you prepare the kind of event that is greater than you imagined. They've done this for years and they know what they're doing, so they can answer your questions and guide you to a successful and memorable event. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and let them handle these details so that your guests have a great time with a professional server who knows how to take care of their guests. Now, they know how to make your guests feel like they're going to have a great time in part because the work that Bar None does for an event is unparalleled. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and get the process started for your next event with Bar None. Tell them JV that the pros sent you. And we're back to JV to the pros and Corey. We're going to shift right into gear and go to the truth is alien. What do you got for us, Corey? I want to get to what I consider to be just a real controversial thing that no one talks about. So we discussed Our Lady of Fatima a couple of weeks ago. And there were three secrets that were told to one of them in particular. And she became a, a sister in the church, Sister Lucia. And it was the three secrets of Fatima that supposedly the uh, Blessed Virgin came down and talked to her about. So the first secret was the vision of hell. And the vision of hell was described as a sea of fire under earth, souls engulfed in flames, scores of dark demons, and that's what hell looks like. The second was World War I will end, and then another great and horrible war will follow. Okay. But the third one, the third one that Sister Lucia actually did not disclose in her memoirs, but she was told by Mary at some point to reveal it. Uh, and the church said, we want to know what's going on also. And so she eventually put it in her memoirs, gave it to the church. The church held on to it, right? The church held on to it until 1957. And then it was delivered to the Vatican. No word of it. The Vatican said in 1960, well, you know what? We think that this is going to uh, stay a secret forever. And then you had in 1981, 
you had an individual that was so upset by the secret not being revealed, he hijacked the plane. 2000, you had a Cardinal Angelo implied that the secret was all about the uh, 20th century persecution of Christians, right? Why would that be such a big deal? Why would they hold on to it? Now, Sister Lucia died in 2005. She was asked about the secret before her death, and she said it has everything to do with what's in the book of Revelations. The Vatican still has not come out and revealed what was in that letter. I think that's a major controversial that people aren't talking about. Now, this this lends itself to me, like when I was talking to you about how the church is is not transparent in their agenda. They're not. They, they seem to be very manipulative. Yes. And they seem to have been doing that for centuries. Yes. Century, not 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 a couple of years of of bad choices. They seem to have orchestrated some some manipulation of the people. And again, and I think it all has to do with filling the hat as it gets passed. Yes, but you know what? In this case, I think it goes deeper than that. I think that whatever was in that, in those memoirs, really freaked people out. And see, the reason why Sister Lucia actually didn't tell the world, because in her faith, when she's commanded by superiors not to say anything, that is supposedly coming from God. So she was compelled not to say anything, and the best that she could give us was the secret had everything to do with revelations and if you know anything about the book of revelations it talks about the end of the world the coming of the antichrist and all the disasters that befall earth right i mean revelations focuses on in the last days i yes. mean it, it it talks about world leaders with orange hair it talks about all sorts of stuff but i mean i sit there and i think okay the church is doing all they can to lead people to believe that they know something we don't. And in regard to this, I think it's a fact that they may know something we don't, but, the, but they, they know something they don't want us to know. Yes. Because it doesn't benefit them. I mean, if, if you are being transparent and you are saying, okay, we're getting signs from God, and you get a sign that isn't something that's going to be popular or going to be good for the church. Why, why not squelch it? I mean, you're a human being after all said and done and nobody is going to guarantee this or that actually came from God. You can't prove it. You just have to go on blind faith. I mean, you know, Karen's about as spiritual as I am, but she's much more church going than I am. So and Karen, you, what do you think is that third secret? You know what? I, I don't really follow the Catholic religion, so this does not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have no response to this because, again, it's not anything that I even followed mm. and never even heard of. Um, what could it be? It could be something made up as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it really. It, Why would they be hiding it if it's made up? If it's made up, they would, they because would maybe, it. maybe, maybe they're waiting for something to come about. I don't know. Or maybe they'll say Corona was the big thing in the book. Who knows? I don't know. But it's interesting. It's not, I, I wouldn't even, 
I wouldn't even pay any attention to it because I, I don't believe in a lot of these things. You don't believe in a lot of it. I understand. Uh, Paco, you were raised a Catholic. What's your take on this? There is some speculation about that prophecy and what it tells about and about Revelation. But here's the thing about Revelation. Every time someone claims to put a date on it, they always seem to get it wrong. And that's yeah. just why. I think it's almost it's almost like, you know, Jack, you always stress about the financial incentive of the church to play along with these things because they're going to benefit from more it and they're going to get more money in the little collection bin at the uh, after every mass. It's kind of like, you know, withholding the secret of like, uh, you know, is Paul dead or what's the secret to Coca-Cola's uh, formula? You know, it's like this mystery that keeps people coming in. That's why people keep speculating over this stuff over the years. That's why, you know, people still endlessly talk about why, you know, like if the government is covering up uh, UFOs and extraterrestrials. It's this mystery that lingers in there. It's a psychological effect, if you will, because there's like the sense of comforting of whether or not we have complete control over our faith or we are at the mercy of, you know, of randomness. So that's where it leads to. Now, what I think about it, I'm sure the prophecy, however it is, is going to read something very poetic and will be open to interpretations. We talked about Nostradamus, and people always talk about his stuff. But the fact is, they always talk about it after the fact. There's no instruction that says, hey, be, meet these guys at the airport in Boston on September 10th and stop them from boarding this particular airplane tomorrow morning. It's not like that. Yeah, it's kind of like, like people who believe they were someone else in another life in the past, they were never the garbage man. They were Cleopatra. You know? <laughs> Delusions of you know grandeur. I mean? yeah. Yes, and a king. Yes, and a king. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Ran, they, they ran a country or, you know, they were, they were something. No, so I'll let me tell, tell you something. something. I'll tell you oh, something hold on, hold on, hold on. I got something for you guys. So today when I was working out, I was listening to a podcast and they brought up the Branch Davidians and the Waco Siege back in 93. Now they... Oh, so they played yep. along with him, with David Koresh, by letting him, ser uh, you know, do his sermons on the radio. Okay. And then it was part of one of the ingredients, uh, it was part of the agreement, because when the feds were negotiating his release, and eventually that all went to, you know, went to crap. But my point was, they gave the man a platform, and they uh, because he felt that he was selected, or he felt that he was Jesus Christ himself. And it's always he like he was a chosen one, yeah. Exactly, and they always seem to grow their hair out for some reason. Like they always got so, this. Tell me what this has to do with uh, the uh, the secrets. I'm confused. Well, what I'm trying to say is, if you tell people what they actually are, then they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna take it at face value. If not, they're just gonna be like, "This is nonsense." It's no, the same. it's delusional. Exactly. It's okay. Okay. Perfect example. So, if you're in Scientology and if you actually read the actual scripture of it, it's gonna read like a bad sci-fi novel. Do you really think that Xenu, you know, put a bunch of, uh, you know, put the souls of extraterrestrials and humans in, as thetans? Come on, think about it. Corey's talking about the fact that the church has refused to disclose the information in regard to this for fear either that it'll cause an uprising or possibly pull the curtain back on the church. Yes. And I think, I think it's the latter. A lot of the stuff that's put out there by, you know, religion, you can't necessarily trust. It's all garbled. You know, it's all paradoxical. 
you can't really trust it. But because it's the Vatican and because I don't trust the Vatican, I do think that there's something there. And I do think they had something to hide simply because it's them. That's why I think there's something there. What it is, I mean, we could wildly speculate. I mean, look. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Corey. Well, it's a great Here's the thing. Let me me say this. In 2012, you had the Vatican that finally came out and admitted that, yes, there's a possibility of life on other planets. I mean, that was huge for them. They had no choice. They had no choice to do it. Right. Right. Well, actually, Corey, I was going to. For centuries, centuries, the church has denounced homosexuality. Yes. But anytime the church was confronted, with the fact that if you believe in God and God creates everything and God created homosexuals, why would you denounce any creation of God? Yeah. They didn't want to hear it. Exactly. They didn't want to hear it. Exactly. So on that note, I think, um, I think logic, some science, but common sense probably prevails in this one because it's beyond reason to believe why they would why they would keep this from the people who basically fund them and that's i mean they're a business and they're funded by people that they would pick and choose like they're going down a grocery aisle what they want them to know and what they don't want them to know and what the where they want them to close their eyes and blindly believe just like everything else in the vatican i don't think we're ever going to know but it's something something that I felt that it was worth talking about and bringing up because it's one of the many secrets that they have there. So that's the truth is alien. Folks, I think that was the strong, strong argument to both sides. And Corey, as you like to say, we will let you decide. Got it. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how people have been dealing with being quarantined and how their escape has been entertainment. Karen's going to lead the next segment. We'll be back in a couple of minutes, folks. JV and Pros out for two minutes. SoCal Hemp Co. There's a good reason why CBD oils are all the healing rage. CBD oils relieve pain and soreness in joints, lower back, and soft tissues naturally. SoCal Hemp Co. provides ultimate quality CBD oils for all your pain relief needs. Natural solutions for pain relief are the intelligent, logical solution for a better quality of life. Opioids have been exposed as a life-threatening form of pain management. CBD oils have been proven to ease and relieve pain, stiffness, soreness, and aches all over your body with a completely natural approach that has been proven to work and work well. Go to SoCal Hemp Co. and put it in the promo code JV to the pros and receive 10% off all orders of $25 or more. Remember, use the promo code JV to the pros and get your CBD oils for relief of pain and injuries from arthritis, age, or anything else that may be causing you discomfort. CBD oils at SoCal Hemp Co. is your path to becoming pain-free. JV to the pros. I'm Jack Vecchio, and my partner Corey Ramsey with Paco. We're about to introduce a segment that Karen, New York Karen, is about to take over, and she's going to talk to us about how people have been getting by with quarantine and finding entertainment within their own home. Karen, take over. Let's hear it. <laughs> 
All right. So, you know, we're, we're all watching entertainment at this point because we're running out of books to read. Hmm. One being the, the most thing here. I'm, I'm running out of things to read. I like the feel of books. But because my little hubby over here is in the entertainment industry, industry um, I, I, I don't want to say I get stuck watching television, but there are times I feel like I am glued to it. But we have really found that television, although television, television viewer has gone up 20%, we have found ourselves really watching Netflix and really hooked on a lot of different shows. And I thought, hey, I wonder if anybody in our group here, are you stuck on Netflix or television? Or are you finding other ways of entertainment? I'll jump on that uh, as far as Netflix go. You know, I've been, I've polished off Dark. I've polished off uh, The Bodyguard. I've polished off Black Mirror. I'm in the Ozark. So there's a... Uh, wait a second, wait a second. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. The Bodyguard, is that the old 1992 Whitney Houston, Kevin Costner thing? No. This is the movie, right? No, this is a British uh, television show. There's only six episodes. It's Richard Madden, who's the star. And I'd say it's really worth watching. It's a lot of intrigue. He plays a police officer that gets involved in this political conspiracy. You'll love it. Oh, so it's a, it's a short series. Yeah, it's a short series. Only six episodes. Like I said, it's a political... And, and I know... It deals with a lot of lies and politicians lying. You'll love it. You've been you've been watching Ozark. We're 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 in love with Ozark. We yeah, like we show. want it to be a hundred seasons, man. <laughs> it is a very good show. Great show. That that is a great show. Just just when you think the waters are settling, all of a sudden there's a big wake. <laughs> yeah, we're we're up in the um the last the last season, so we're just in the beginning of the last season. Yeah, we, we cry at the end of each episode, knowing the end is near. Only because we have to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sleep. Although, um, I was I was going to say, and I, I, I was going to kind of surprise Karen with this, but um, Netflix, God, I wish I purchased that stock in 2007. Um, Netflix has jumped subscribership by 15.6 million subscribers. And you know those people, after this is over, are not giving up their subscriptions. That'll be an ongoing money train. But, I mean, I, I pointed out that in 2007, Netflix stock dropped to about a dollar. And today, opened at 403 a share. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's, we're getting our, our fix uh, through entertainment like never before. I don't think the entertainment industry has ever been stopped like it is now because you can't really do very much or in demand as it is like right now. People need to be entertained and unfortunately there's not new entertainment coming. Now, um, little little sprinkle, you know, I um, we'll talk about this come fall but I mean, I just got done with a movie that um, we'll be streaming in November. We'll talk about that when it comes out. But I was fortunate enough to co-star in a film um, that just got done. And it's it's a Netflix project. But I got to wait for them to give the green light 
to talk about it and publicize it. And uh, but it's a very funny holiday film. But um, getting back to to the fact that people are pretty much getting you know their fix and getting their days filled up through their flat screens. I think that it's never been like this, and new entertainment is stopped on the other end. So you wonder what's going on. Now, I'll tell you something interesting. Um, the movie industry has already begun doing, and Paco knows what this is, doing one-shots. So they're filming one actor doing their part, then separately filming another actor doing their part. And even if they have kissing scenes, they're using CG, computer generation, to make them look like they're kissing. So they're not even on, on set at the same time. And that's how they're doing some of the productions right now to get by. The rest of the car chases and explosions, CG. I mean, they're really counting. And I'll tell you what, if this had happened, this coronavirus had happened before the internet, I think the world would have been in a lot of trouble because we would have only had the, the telephone. And I think by now people would have been cabin fever like you wouldn't believe. I think that's a I think that's a, a great point. And then something I wanted to throw at you, Jack, you being a, a, a connoisseur of this stuff. There was a television show, old time television show, where the actor was so popular they filmed all of his scenes first, so he could uh, go on and do um, other movies. Do you know who that actor was? Do you know who the television show um, was? Now, you know what? It's funny. I've heard this story, and I heard this story at Warner Brothers, and now I'm going to kill myself because you're going to say it. I'm going to be like, oh, I should have I known. Well, so, don't kill uh, yourself. We don't want to upset Karen. Don't kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, was, Karen was just reaching for the life insurance paperwork. So the show, the show, Jack, was My Three Sons and the My Three Sons, yeah, was there it Fred, is. Uh, Fred McMurray, McMurray, who at the time was the most highly paid actor on television. Yeah. And the segue into uh, Karen, as far as um, watching things, I've gone back, and I'll tell you, YouTube is very underrated to watch things, because I've gone back and I've watched episodes of All in the Family, That yeah. Girl, Bewitched. All that stuff is on YouTube to watch. Oh, absolutely. You know what we watched yesterday? We watched the original Tim Allen Men Are Pigs. <laughs> and, and Carol Burnett. We've been watching yeah. Carol Burnett. The original. We watched, we watched season one with Jonathan Winters yeah. and Nanette Fabre on the show yes. before Tim Conway came along. And yeah. it was... It was not the show it had become in 69 and 70 and 71. It was 67 and they were still trying to figure it out. And that show didn't hit its stride until season three. And thank God Joe Hamilton stuck with it. You know, sometime, you guys, I want to get into a thing of, uh, and I think this would make a great debate. Maybe we can take a lot of time to do it sometime. What era or what decade you thought was the best for television i'd really like to hear from you guys sometime i know we don't have Are you want me to tell you now or you want me you want me to just wait no let's wait and let's really dive into it i wanted to get okay because that's a great topic yeah a great topic yes i want to get everybody's opinion and our, on and our listeners, our listeners
listeners should make some suggestions because I know which decade I'm going to lean toward. And, and I think maybe the best three or four television shows ever were in this decade. All right, that'll be interesting. You know what, that's a question to put out on our Facebook page so we can get some um, interaction out there as far as, you know, what their interests are in that's that. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yes. We'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get Robin with a Y to, to shoot that out there on the Facebook page. And um, yeah, we'll get we'll get a little feedback. That'll be great. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up the entertainment segment, and um, we're gonna have a little fun, kind of shifting from a different kind of entertainment. We're gonna go from what's been entertaining us to sports, which there hasn't been any. But Corey and Karen's a big sports fan too. Um, I mean, the fact that the um, NFL draft was on TV for the first time ever because everybody's quarantined and there were no festivities like we're used to. There was none of the hoopla like we're used to. I'll tell you what, I watched the NFL draft and I'm looking at them going through the draft like it was rapid fire at a carnival. Bam, 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 bam. I don't think I've ever seen the draft go so quickly. And, And viewership was up 26%. Now, here's my thing. It was up 26%, breaking the old record by 26%. I think part of the reason is watching the draft has been kind of a group thing. People would go to a Lions bar or a Cowboys bar, and with their buddies, and you know, we're all rooting for the same team, they would meet at that bar and watch the draft over a beer. But because... People are quarantined. Instead of 100 or 120 people gathered around three TVs, you got 120 people at home with 120 TVs. And I think that's a big reason why ratings were up by so much. And to me, I don't. I think you hit the nail on the head. I disagreed with you last week, and I think you were exactly right. It was must-see TV. I, I think there was a couple of problems with the Zoom of all the announcers because there was a couple of times where the, the guy hosting would say, isn't that amazing? What do you think? And you'd see five guys frozen. Right. Not frozen, not frozen on Zoom, literally not knowing who's supposed to go. Right. Because they're all at home. So you'd have five guys, and then he would be like, okay. And with the 13th pick, because he doesn't have a choice but to move on. Now, let me talk to you about something here. We all remember when Aaron Rodgers got drafted, yes. and Brett Favre knew he was coming to the end of his career. And there's Aaron Rodgers right over his shoulder at a Cal State, and Favre was not happy about it at all. Right. Because here they are, Favre thinks he's got plenty of years left, and they're drafting a quarterback clearly to come in and fill that spot under center. Yes. Favre was not welcoming. He was not gracious. He was not professional. And he made it clear that he didn't mind that the fans were upset with Rodgers even being there. How dare he? Now, here we are 12 and 13 years later, and Rodgers is the starting quarterback. And what 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 do the backers do? They draft Jordan Love. 
<laughs> yes, they do. They go to Utah State and they get a quarterback who's going to be hovering on Rogers' shoulder for that starting job the moment Rogers has a cramp when he wants the job. I'm going to I'm going to tell you this. So I was on the phone with my brother because we watched the draft and that's a tradition. And I called him, Matt, the coach, Matt Lafleur. I'm going to tell you doesn't like Rogers. And I'm going to tell you a lot of people in the organization, my speculation is they don't like Rogers. Rogers is moody. He's hard to get along with. He's very aloof. And so I think Lafleur wants to push him out because here's the other thing. They gave Rogers no weapons whatsoever. That was a 13 and three team. And they gave him no wide receivers, no running backs. So, uh, no, I think they want to push Rodgers out. Now, now I think, I think, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, I, I'm not a, a bachelorette or bachelor watcher, but Aaron Rodgers' brother was a contestant as one of the men vying for the love of the bachelorette like a year or two ago. Yeah. And this girl kept thinking she was going to keep him around and eventually get to meet Aaron Rodgers. Right. And finally, the brother had to say, yeah, he's not in touch with the family and the family's not in touch with him. Right. And I had to wonder, wait a second, what's going on with this guy that his family doesn't talk to him and he doesn't talk to them? I don't care so much about that because I worry more about what the teammates say. I'm more concerned about the teammates. The family, you know, it could be anything in a family. Well, I know, but there's 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 a pattern here, you know. If you got if you got coaches that aren't getting along with them, and you got family not getting along with them, where's the common denominator? Common it's denominator. It's definitely is him. Yeah, it's him. I I don't care what the family says. I I really about a sports player. I could care less. It's all about the team, and the team. I think I think they're trying to push him out. And if I was Rogers, I would ask for a trade. And I think that's the move. I think that's the move. Rather than be Brett Favre in Minnesota, I think the move is to do it now and go somewhere where they're looking for a real quarterback. Frankly, I think the Los Angeles Chargers would be a fantastic fit since Rogers is a California guy. Just yeah. saying. I think that's a great fit there. I think I think he would have a wonderful time, especially if he's not particularly wanted or welcome in Green Bay anymore. But there's got to be more to this than the fact that they just happened to draft this guy out of Utah. And and I don't understand what we're missing about him, but he just, he, he, he strikes me as a guy who's a loner and kind of thinks a lot of himself. When you watch Aaron Rodgers sit through pick after pick after pick in that draft, and roll his eyes and bite his lip and clench his jaw as he kept getting bypassed until the Packers really kind of had to pick him. And he ended up getting picked late because they would get him on the cheap and clearly he could go in and, and replace um, Favre. Yeah. But I think, I think Aaron Rodgers would do himself right to, to, to ask for a trade Go ahead, go with love, and see if, you know, the fans have the love for him. Now, let's switch gears. And I was surprised to see your Patriots 
who are without Brady, without Gronkowski, have only two picks in the first 60 of the draft. So you guys have mortgaged the future in regard to drafting. Clearly, if you only ended up with two picks in the first 60. No, they have a mortgage their future. They they ended up trading. They had they had five third rounders. So they actually moved up. They used the third the third rounders to move up. So they moved the board all over the place and got a lot of picks. I mean, it's going to take a couple of years for them to build back up. Remember, they just yeah, had a 20, well, I mean, they had a twenty you year. You don't win that division this year. You're no. not winning that division. Absolutely not. I mean, no. I mean, there's a team. There's a team with four letters that's going to win that division. Sure. Here's something that's going to keep you up at night for next year. Next year, the Patriots will have over a hundred million dollars in cap money. So you think you think they're preparing to make another run in a year or two? Yes, I say two years. Like I, I think Belichick is gone in two years from now. Oh no, I, I think, think he's gone. gone. Nope. I think I think the biggest game of the year is going to be Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and Gronkowski going to Gillette to face Belichick and the and the Patriots. That I will be the most interesting game of the year. Brady, I mean uh, Belichick is going to stay around because he's going to make it. A, he's going to make a rebuild. He okay. drafted a lot of players that he likes. That's number one. Like I said, he's going to have a hundred million dollars next year in cap money. A hundred million. Watch out. I also think he's. I also think he's um, getting his son ready to take yes. a bigger position too. And I think he's training his son to move on, either stay with the Patriots, or he's going to move him forward. Yeah, she's talking about Belichick's son. Yep. Yeah. Yes, Steve Belichick. Yeah. Right. Who coaches, who coaches the D-backs, who, by the way, the Patriots had the best secondary in the league. So watch him. Next to the Jets. No, Next they to had the Jets. best secondary in the league. Best. I'm, you're, you're, you're freezing up. <laughs> so, so, Corey, are you happy with your draft picks? Yeah, actually, actually I am. because, the, And the reason why, I, the reason why I'm happy because Belichick is rebuilding the team from the ground up. The dynasty is over, so he has to rebuild with young players. Now, did, you happen to, did you happen to take a peek at, at who my Jets got at number 11? Um, they got a receiver, right? No. They got a guy named Mekhi Becton. He's almost 7 feet tall, 364 pounds. Ah, uh, yes, yes. He's built like a mountain, but dig this. He runs a 5140. He's 364 pounds and runs a 5140. And guess where he's going to be playing? Michael Lohr's position, blindside tackle. He's there to make sure nobody sneaks up on Donald. That's yeah. his job. I mean, here's the thing. I think that the division is up for grabs now. I mean, I see the Patriots no better than 8-8. Eight eight, but I think right now, I think Buffalo's the odds-on favorite. Wait a, wait a second, wait a second. Buffalo, Buffalo was good, but half of our division went to the playoffs and none of our division won a playoff game. So I don't think, I don't think Buffalo improved their situation in that division. I do think the Jets with Becton made a big spread. Now this guy Mims, now all of a sudden we got us a wide receiver from Baylor 
and Mims is somebody from the throw to because Robbie Anderson is gone. So now you've got somebody younger, faster, who can take a hit. I mean, Robbie Anderson looked like the guy in the hangman game. Now, although he had great hands, Robbie Anderson was emotional and uncontrollable at times. I'm hoping Mims, I mean, let's face it, the Jets were open about the fact that they were shocked. He was still on the board. I mean, he's sitting, he's sitting on the board at 59, and, and I'm like, oh, boy, grab him, and they grabbed him. But I think, I think if anything, I think the Jets had an A-minus draft. I think they had a very, very good draft, and I think that whole draft was designed to furnish Donald with the parts he needs to march forward with Brady out of the way. Well, you say that the Bills didn't get better. Here's where here's where I counter that. One, you have Josh Allen, who will have another year of experience. That's number one. Number two, remember, they swung a big trade to get Stephon Diggs, who's a fantastic wide receiver. And they also picked up Josh Norman, the corner, the cornerback. Oh, you're talking about the trade the trade was was from Minnesota. Yeah, they got Stephon Diggs. Right. Yes. Now I think that's I think that's a gold mine. Yes, I think he's. I think he's incredible. I think he could play pro. I don't think he has to settle for Buffalo. <laughs> he can play professional football. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills finally take that division. Miami's going to be interesting. I I don't know if uh, Taglavea, if I'm saying that right, if he's ready, but I think Miami is is still going to be tough. Um, the Patriots, I see, is going uh, is going eight and eight, seven and nine, maybe. I think um, I, I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his name. Also, after dislocating the hip, I think he's going to be this season's Chris Chandler. Remember Chris Chandler from the the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah. Um, I mean, good quarterback, but fragile, and he ended up being called Chris Chandelier because yeah. he was just so fragile. I think this kid is is going to have those kind of problems because that kind of an injury yes. is so weird for a 21-year-old. Yeah, it's a dislocate terrible. a hip. You dislocate a hip at 70. You don't dislocate it at 21. Yeah, I mean, for a football player, it's terrible. I mean, Paul yeah. Jackson was never the same after that. Right, right, exactly. Now, let me ask you something. Um, the Bills, the Bills sacrificed um they sacrificed their first round yes. uh, pick right yes. for Diggs. and they yeah they they gave it up uh who they give it to minnesota right minnesota right so they got Stephon Diggs, sacrificed their pick uh-huh. right so the bills didn't pick till the second round mm-hmm. true yeah, and they picked up a decent uh, uh, defensive end, AJ Espinosa from Iowa defensive es- end. Espinosa, yes. So uh, that was Iowa. a player. Um, Zach Moss, a running back, because they wanted to get another uh, running back. Um, a developmental quarterback in uh, Jake Fromm. From now, Jake- wait a second. Es- Espinosa is, is not a Smith. I mean, he's just not. No, I said he's a decent. I said he's a decent uh, player. I think he'll come in and contribute. He'll be a rotational player. Okay. All right. The Bills are good. I know you think your Jets are going to win, but I'm sorry. We'll see. I need to see it from them. 
All right. Well, the Jets, the Jets built up their secondary, grabbing a safety in the third round. Okay. Uh, this guy, Ashton Davis, you know, out of California, but he'll be fine. I, I have a lot of faith in Joe Douglas as the general manager at the Jets. I think our division is going to easily be the most interesting division. Now, shifting gears to the NFC real quick, I think the team that had an A-plus draft, Dallas. I think Dallas went hog wild, and they showed that they're serious about keeping Dak around for a while. You know, they, they bolstered everything Dak needs, yeah. and all they need now is to sign him to a three-year deal. I think that the 49ers got stronger. Let me ask you something. Trayvon Diggs, right? He's a quarterback um, out of Alabama, right? Okay. Is that any relation to Stefan? Yes. Talk to me. About him? About Trayvon Diggs? Uh, what is the relationship between – how are they related? I believe they're cousins. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So one's a wide receiver, right? One's a cornerback. Yeah, one's a cornerback. Okay. Right. So literally, he might be covering his cousin. Yeah, that'll be – As they play each other this year. <laughs> that'll be fun. So yeah, I, I think I the 49ers – See, I think the 49ers um, got uh, got better. I think they got which could, which could be frightening. Yeah. Because because they were only two moves away. Yeah. I mean, to have let that Super Bowl get away from them, they were two moves away. And if they covered those two moves, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be a real consideration. You know, I mean, look, it's going to be to me. It's all about the Chiefs again. It's all about the 49ers, the Ravens. I, I think those are, those are, those are, that's a new wide receiver to play with. What's that? Garoppolo has a new wide receiver to play with. Alyuk. Yes. Yeah. So the, the, the only issue is going to be how comfortable is he going to be in San Francisco? I think if he went to college in Arizona, he's going to be real comfortable in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. So this could be a great season. With no fans in the stands. Yeah, no fans uh, in the stands. Uh, you're not going to have to worry about the Patriots in the Super Bowl, so you'll be happy. A lot of people. Now here's, now here's something that I don't know anybody has has addressed because I haven't been watching anything on ESPN because it's been pretty much reruns of great games. But I'm wondering if the NFL isn't licking their chops, thinking, okay, in order for us to have a product. It's going to have to be pay-per-view. You want to watch football? Football will go on. Nobody can be in the stands. You want to watch it? It's five bucks a game per person from home. If you've got, you got 200,000 people watching the game at five bucks a game each, and that would just be a starting point just to get people used to paying for the games. Okay. I think the NFL is going to be licking their chops because if they want to have a season, they're going to have to have a season in which there's going to be no fans in the stands. But if you want to watch the games, you can watch the games at five bucks a pop. And if it's five bucks a pop and 200 or 250,000 people watching, and I want to watch three games on a Sunday, I'm going to pay 15 bucks to watch three games that are going on 
with no fans in the stands, and I'll watch it from my home. And yeah, people will be tweeting, people will be blogging, people will be dropping stuff on Facebook, and that would be our cheering section. Yeah. And that would have to replace what people would normally do when they go to the games. But I think it would be a starting point for the NFL to get people used to the idea of having to pay per view. Might have a point there. I mean, this could be the beginning of of a real problem. If this COVID, COVID-19 doesn't go away soon, the NFL is still going to have a season. For sure. But they're going to have to, they're going to have to recoup their money. And if I want to watch three or four games on the weekend, it's going to cost me 20 or 30 bucks to watch my football that weekend. And people are going to sit there and go, you know what? Going to the game is a couple of hundred, three hundred dollars. This is a lot cheaper. For a hundred bucks, I can watch ten games. Mm-hmm. And you I'll be, and I'll be listening to it on the radio. Yeah, I'll be on I'll be on Sirius because I, I don't need to watch it. I can watch the highlights exactly. on ESPN later. I won't I won't do it, but I think a lot of people will. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, certainly the betters. I mean, Vegas is going to. Um, you know, they're going to have a say in all of this. Vegas is more influential with sports than people realize. Yes. Yeah. So on that note, what we'll do is um, we'll move on to getting ready to sign off. We're going to thank Corey. We're going to thank Karen, our co-producer, Robin with a Y, sorely missed today. And Paco, our engineering genius who has been keeping things in order from his end and keeping an eye on the pulse of what's going on. And we thank you for that very much, Paco. I'm Jack Vecchio, JV Dare Pros. And let me give you all the ways you can get a hold of us right here. And for those of you that are tracking the show and keeping track of what we're doing, and you'd like to watch past episodes, of course you can reach JV Dare Pros on Buzzsprout. Or you can go on our Instagram page at JV to the Pros, and you can find us on Facebook, and you're welcome to make comments and compliments on there and leave them there as well. And if you want to email us, it's JV to the Pros, all spelled out, at gmail.com. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey Ramsey. And of course, we've got Paco in our pocket. All right, guys, we're signing off.